This is Sport Matters with Kenneth Shropshire and Bill Roden. From academia to media, Ken and Bill explore the edges of sport, unpacking race and culture beyond the game. Welcome to the Sport Matters podcast. I'm Ken Shropshire, and I am here with my good friend, colleague, Morgan State alum, Bill Roden. Bill, how are you? Hey, Ken. How you doing? How's it going? In the desert. Yeah, no, everything's good in the desert. Um, I I hear weather-wise, it's a place to be. California's got massive rains. Oh, man. It just has its eyes on winter, so... So all's good here. 80 degrees. I'm trying to figure out tea time. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll make this short. Don't want to keep you away. From the <laughs> yeah. I was looking at the, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, 49ers game, 49ers Colts game, man. And they were talking about the new term, right? what they call it? A river, a, a, some kind of a, a river storm or something. Some sort of cyclone, bomb cyclone or something. Yeah, something like that. I said, oh, man. Just when I was sold on Northern California. You don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. So, so look, Bill, this this has been a a continuation of a a very interesting time. I mean, people join in conversation with us. They think that race and sports is the only thing going on. We, 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 We talk about it all the time. I know we we try to get away from it to some extent, not not because it's not something to talk about, but but to to talk about other issues as well. But it is you know Godfather esque. As soon as we try to get out here, here comes another one. And so, <laughs> since we last spoke, uh, the John Gruden email saga has uh, has been underway. We've got uh, Deshaun Watson, which. You know, kind of interesting combination of, of issues. Um, we've got Lamar Jackson. Not not that he's done anything problematic, but it, but it is kind of an issue of what should he be doing as a young superstar in a, in a city um, where they filmed The Wire. Enough said. Enough said. Enough said. And then down here in the desert, you know, we got to be careful with this because the man, you know, is. Uh, as far as we know, is innocent. Robert Sarver, the owner of the yeah. um, uh, the, the, the Suns, is appears to be about to be under fire for uh, some sorts of comments that, that, that fit in, in in the category. So, you know, so again, apologies to Lamar for putting him in the in the conversation <laughs> <laughs> with this. But but these are the kinds of issues that are if we're not looking at X's and O's. Well, you know what, and, and I think. In an odd kind of way, too, we need to mention uh, the World Series. And Absolutely, here, good that's good news. That's the, well, it's good news, but in a way, yeah, it's not. It's not good news that, that twenty five years ago there were three African American managers in baseball, and, and this year there are two. And it would have been very interesting news if they had both ended up in the in the World Series. And by the way, twenty five years ago, Dusty was one of those. One of those three. Wow, it's wow. fascinating. So, um, so we got got a lot, lot going on. Maybe you know. Um, okay, let's just do it. Let's talk about Gruden for a minute and kind of, you know, there's been the good thing about our conversations is there's been a, there's a lot of water under the bridge, so a lot of conversations have taken place about it. I think you know you were on, uh, I think you were on with Gail, and you said uh, 
uh, one thing that really struck with stuck with me about this whole thing, and this might be the way to, to tee up our conversation. You know, she asked all her other you know usual fabulous questions, mm. and you got in there. You know, you said most important to me. I want to know what other people were saying in response to this stuff. I mean, did they right. uh, say anything substantive? Did they say LOL? Right. <laughs> what, what right. was which was really got me to, to thinking about ob- the obligations that we all have in these settings. This, this gets back to that, that, uh, uh, that, 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 that Ken D conversation about being anti-racist and what is it we're supposed to do? when these things happen. So, so I don't know if, you know, how much, I'm sure, you know, they tried to build Roden out to a lot of different places. You had a lot of conversations, but what's your, what's your, what's your kind of summary thinking about at least where we are now about how to deal with this? Well, you know, you kind of tied it all up. Can I think all that stuff was related? Whether it's Gruden, the emails are about to come out, you know, this store is supposed to come out uh, with the son's owner, um, the lack of black managers, uh, you know, and, and, and those emails, because what struck me is just, you know, is this just how deep and wide this old boys network is. Right. It kind of really, you know, it really kind of pulled, not pulled the covers, but I think you had mentioned it before about this club is, this club is generations upon generations old and we're not in it. You know, uh, all these conversations uh, that are being had, and it kind of speaks to why we are not in spaces, why there are only a couple of black managers, why it's so hard to get the executive speak. Because you've got this core of guys, you know, like Gruden and 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 Bruce Allen and Jeff Posh in the NFL office, and God knows who else. It's it's just a wide swatch of folks, you know, who are just kind of standing four square against sharing power, uh, talking about diversity, you know, and, and when these kind of emails leak out, you're just aware of what you don't know, you know, right, right. you know, like, right. damn, you know, what, what the hell, you know, it's like, you know, when, when my colleague, I guess, uh, Rachel Nichols at ESPN, you know, mistakenly was recorded saying stuff, you know, about, you know, diversity is okay as long as it doesn't, affect me, you know, and <laughs> that's, that's, that's paraphrasing, but that is what she said. That, that's kind of, that, that's essentially the, me- the message. I'm all, I'm all for it. Just don't come here. You know? <laughs> so I, I, so I guess, you know, as a starter, you know, and then we, you know, I don't know what the Phoenix Sun story is, but I'm thinking, is anybody not racist? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but, but the, I'm, I'm thinking, and again, this is, this is, uh, not, not, not the same thing, but related. It's kind of interesting to think about it in this context. You know, a lot of the debate, for example, over the N word, was uh, in the in the black community. It, it was that well, we can use it amongst ourselves, and we can, can uh, you know, but we're not going to take it over here. And and there there is something about being able to be in private places and speak a certain way in private places, and it. You know, at least in a broader sense, doesn't have the 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 impact that it would have if you were in those private places. And I just don't know. Did Gruden and Roden and 
Not ruined. I'm sorry. <laughs> grew, grew. Wow. I don't know. Maybe, hey, maybe you did. What did Rhoda say? Did they find one of his emails to Gruden? Are we, are we bringing <laughs> some news? But, but, but Gruden and, and, and Bruce Allen and, you know, Donald Sterling talking out loud. And you mentioned uh, Rachel Nifflin. Hey, there's all different degrees of stuff. Uh, you know, and, and that's where we are today, as opposed to, you think about the beginning of the timeline when all this because it used to be okay to say whatever you want to say anyway, right? It used to not be a problem. And, and to me, the landmark moment of when it became a problem was uh, Al Campanis, you know, and, and, and he's, this is, this is how difficult it was to, to catch anybody. He was simply, as so many people have said, that knew him, even Dusty, he was essentially saying what people believe then. You know, blacks lack the necessities to manage a baseball they liked the buoyancy to swim. It kind of went on and on all the stuff that had been out there. And then the same thing, you know, a couple of years later with uh, Jimmy the Greek Snyder. Um, yeah, well, you know, why aren't there more black? You know, and, and, and this is on the, the, uh, uh, the, the one of the first Dr. Martin Luther King Day holidays at a luncheon. He says, well, um, uh, there are more black coaches in the NFL because uh, then they'll be taking over everything. I mean, you know, they had the big black bucks, the bread with the, the female slave, and they have all this musculature. Certainly they shouldn't be taking over everything. But, th- but this was, you know, and this was just so bizarre and out there in public that I think there was some degree of sensibilities to this stuff can't be said out loud. You know, bars shot, there are a few exceptions that kind of came, came in the interim. Um, but then these things come up, and, and as you said, this kind of gets us to say, was this still going on in, in private? Yeah. Is, 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 there some, is there something, as you said, how widespread is it? And that, may be, that may be the question that, that, that I, I wonder about. Because, you know, I, I use the N-word uh, example intentionally because, you know, you and I both know there are so many places we can go, and that's part of the regular conversation that folks using the word know nobody else is going to be in there. Yeah. But even with that, I remember um, a few, a number of years ago, my, my late sister, uh, this must have been like in eighties or something. And I used it maybe one of the few last times I used the word. And again, trying to justify it, you know, just, Hey, just me and you. But she said, you know, no, it, it's, 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 it's not about who you're around. It's just the word is awful. It's a terrible mm-hmm. word, no matter who you use it around, you know. Uh, and she was exercising what I guess what you were kind of getting at is how do we police things? You know, what do you laugh at? You know, right. and it doesn't really matter who you're, you know, who you're around. Uh, if you use the N-words, man, you know, come on, let's give us a break with that stuff, man. That, that's not cool. And, you know, and we'll have debates in the barbershop around that. I remember my barbershop in Harlem, we had a debate and we actually had a, a big jar and guys had <laughs> like, a, like a quarter in the jar every time they used it. And of it course it quickly it. was filled up, you know, because it was just such a hard habit uh, to break. And, you know, and everybody used that word. I, I remember asking this, uh, a friend of mine, a Latinx guy, I guess we called him Hispanic back then. And he was talking with a group of his guys in the hardware shop where he worked. And he used the N-word. And I said, man, why are you using that word? And he said, I mean, I said, if I, if I came in here and started calling you a spick, 
alligator, his, his face immediately kind of like, you know, kind of scrunched up, you know, because right, right. oh, you can't call me a spick. I said, so if I can't call you that word, why can you use, why does, why does this word become a universal thing that everybody could use to disrespect it? So I guess to your point uh, about what we say in private, and even, I guess, to uh, Dave Chappelle, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll kind of debate the merits of that. You know, I guess it's, do you even speak out, even at the dinner table, you know, even at right, private right. spaces, you know, what do you stand up for? And and I, I guess the Chappelle is a little different because we're talking about now comedy and license and what are people allowed to say? Um, well, you know, you know what, you know what Chappelle said in, in that show, which, which again, that's another item that came up in, since we last last spoken. I mean, the thing about, about Chappelle that was, and, and there's certainly a lot that's, that's problematic in, in his comedy for, for a lot of folks. I mean, there's problems in the comedy, Lenny Bruce, problems in comedy, uh, Dick, Gregory, Dick Gregory. I mean, there's, there's, there's problems in comedy for people. The point, point he's trying to make, which connects up with the Gruden situation, which I thought was very interesting. One of the points Again, I'm, I'm going to be the interpreter of, 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 of Dave Chappelle. But what <laughs> right. he was trying to make was, um, look, y'all are, are less uh, protective or concerned about issues related to, to Black people than you are about issues related to the LGBTQ community. And then, lo and behold, the first email that comes out with Gruden uh, is racist talking about demora smith uh and then the next treasure trove in right. uh commentary about uh, uh, gays women and the like and then then he's out right and exactly right presciently uh, you could say presciently chappelle said let's see this is how it happens you know you could also say that that it just began to pile on that it was just just one right. after another after another but the the illustrative nature of it is you know, you can go after black people um, and, and we'll, you know, we'll give you a pass on that. But don't come after women and, and gays. Well, you know, and, as you and I, the truth matter too. And don't come after Goodell either. That, that was well, the, that's the whole thing. You can't call the, the you know, the ultimate ball your commissioner. Yeah. You know, <laughs> F word and expect to, you know, expect to survive. Uh, but then, you know, my, my question too was, not only what was his reaction, but the widespread nature of this. And it's so funny how it's almost like Gruden. I think of Gruden as sort of, you know, like on the plantation, you had the white guys who were like the like the overseers or the right. foreman. You know, they were riding around on a horse and the owner of the plantation looked down on them too, you know, but yeah. they had this role. And I see Gruden as kind of like that kind of person, like the foreman who, you know, but now they, they threw him under the bus because he's expendable. Yeah, you know, yeah. and but they're going to protect. You know, they say, "Well, let's see the rest of them." And they say, "No, no, 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 no. We're going to just you got Gruden. We we offer him up. You know, just be satisfied with that because we got to protect uh, uh, Dan Snyder. We got to protect the owners. Because by the way, who do you think I, meaning Goodell, works for? You know, I work for these guys. My job is protect them. Gruden, I don't work for him. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll throw him under the bus. You know, so. Yeah. Um, you know, it, but but I think you're right. Like even with with how he first went after, you know, uh, the thing about Demoris, talk about his lips. You know, and 
I don't know if you remember kind of growing up, all this kind of humor in our community is familiar how we talk about people's color, oh, yeah, yeah, noses, yeah. lips, ear, whatever, you know, and, and just the worst kind of the ways. And I, I think, but I guess as we, I, I think, I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure, as we got older, you know, I, I think maybe we stopped doing it, you know. Yeah, you know. yeah. I, I bet that, you know, again, we we way into psychology and sociology, so excuse us for, for going too far down this road. But I, I think, you know, as a community, there was a lot of that done um, to to blunt the pain of, of that kind of usage against us. And, and it, it was out there so much that you're right. And I mean, you know, conversation and, and, and this whole colorism thing still sits out there, but you know, right. black is who's, you know, whose nose is the biggest sort of all that sort of thing. Again, these, these were private conversations that, that we had. And you think about it. I mean, you mentioned uh, Gruden as the, uh, uh, you know, as the overseer, the, the in-between guy, he's got to talk to management and he's got to run these brothers on the field of play. So, uh, right. so he's, he's heard all this. I mean, he's heard it in, in that kind of, kind of way, roaming through the locker room and, and, and otherwise at some point in, in his career. And it's, it is, you know, the data points that we use, you know, it, you know, the, you know, I don't even ask the question anymore. Is, is somebody racist? I mean, the data points you have to use to, to make that determination are so, so difficult. So we got these emails and then the, the website 538, the headline to their story uh, a few days ago, the Raiders had more black players than any NFL team than John Gruden took over the rock. Right. So, exactly. That was great. So, so that, that, was that piece. <laughs> it was and, and then, you know, uh, just a whole nother flavor to it all was how his, not his career, but the elevation of his career occurs. And that's when he's a quality control guy with the Philadelphia Eagles and Ray Rhodes, and was Ray, like second, third African-American head coach, yeah. elevates Gruden to coordinator. And it, it's just, just striking to me. This, this is kind of another realm of, of uh, psychosis and, and drama within you know, how do these things happen, who supports who, that, that, that here's a black man elevating uh, this, this young white man, youngest coordinator ever, I think, to this, this position. Um, and, you know, you think about this whole redemption question and do people evolve? And not that you owe anybody anything for successes you should have, but just to think about having that experience and then you are still talking in this sort of way rather, rather than you said, I mean, you know, and I'm, I've been, I'm, I actually wrote about some of my journey with using the N-word and trying not to use it and that sort of thing. Sometimes I would use in the classroom because so much case law and things I would, would do, I would have the word in there and I, I would be explicit about, look, this is, this is what's here. So I'm going to utilize it. And then I'd say, no, nah, if I do it, then I'm making it okay for somebody else. You know, you, you wonder if, you know, I won't give myself any credit, I guess, for at least for introspection and trying to think it through. But you wonder yeah. if Gruden took any of those steps, realizing the unique position that he holds. You know, look at the position you're in. And are these the things you should be doing as, as a leader of men, you know, as a role model, all, all those pieces come into play, especially with the experiences you've had with, with black men uh, that have been supportive of you. Yeah. I, I think, 
A guy like Gruden, man, I just think he's just, to me, strikes me as such a crude type of person. I mean, if you told me that I saw Gruden, uh, uh, you know, uh, go to the bathroom, you know, in the middle of the street in Philadelphia, you know, uh, I believe you. You know, I said, yeah, oh, yeah, it kind of sounds right. Yeah, it sounds like Gruden. Some people just strike you like that. And I just think I, I never, you know, he comes off as just a very, you've seen these kind of white guys before, man, just kind of cocky, I guess we call it entitled, you know, telling the raw, the raw jokes, you know, about blacks, about what well, he's the kind of guy who would tell the ethnic jokes, you know, talk about women, talk about gays. None, none of that stuff was surprising at all from him. And, and, and probably if we take a step further, if you notice, he had, a fair number of black guys come in his defense. I think even at one point, even Tony Dungy says something, well, I never heard it, which of course, you know, well, Tony, you wouldn't hear it. <laughs> you know, that's not the kind yeah. of stuff you say in, in front of you. And, and, you know, again, you've been in all these locker rooms and it's, locker rooms are probably one of the most regressive places on earth. You know, it's not, it's not, these are not places of enlightenment, you know. You know, where it's very crude and all that. So, um, you know, now, but again, you know, when you talk about, you know, but I think what's damning, and you sent me that piece about the 538, it all fits in that he right. takes over and all of a sudden an organization that had a lot of black folks, all of a sudden uh, the numbers decreased. You know, Chip Kelly, I think, was mentioning the same piece. Same thing happened with him when he took over the Eagles, you know, all of a sudden, uh, key black players were shipped off, and they were vocal. So I do think that, and it kind of gets back to our original conversation, you've got this old boys network, this invisible, sprawling network whose job is to keep white men in power. You know, it's yeah, like this yeah. club. And so while you, you only see, you know, a couple black managers, like, you know, you wrote this book, Years ago, you're talking about what 25 years ago, and the number was three, and here we are in 2021, and the number is three. And I think that's that same old boys club that Gruden, I don't know if he's still a member of it. I'm sure he's probably they'll still he'll probably still retain his membership. Well, that's yeah. We yeah, will he will he get another job, which is you know that 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 that'll be a whole show if, if that occurs. So so I, you know kind of not necessarily want to close this out, but I want to talk about couple of topics but but I do want to say this that that uh, this anytime this happens and we we've done we've done it we've done what uh, Dr. Harry Edwards says we we shouldn't do <laughs> it's you know back to the Marge shot story you 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 know the line that, that Harry gave us as Marge shot was you know calling Eric Davis or and, and others her million dollar in words and right talking about you know Hitler was fine he just went too far and so all all, all that right. stuff uh, and I remember talking to Harry, you know, as a, as a young scholar, Harry, what are we going to do? You know, where, where, you know what, what do we burn down? What do we do? And, and Harry said, and, it, and it's, it, the quote is, a Marshot is an overweight smoker and a drinker. That's a problem that will take care of itself. You know, meaning that we don't need to worry about the individual. We need to worry about the institution. That right. the, this is just an exposure moment. So it is the case, you know, we, we, okay, Gruden, Unless we need to deal with, with those issues some more, 
let's get back to, to the matter at hand. And, and that is, where's the power for, for people of color, especially black, black men in this sport? Where's, where's ownership? What do we need to do in this, this world to, to get black people in a position to own these franchises? Uh, the, 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 the supplier and, and vendor uh, contracts. What are right. we there? I mean, that, that, that's really in, in the end, we, you know, we're filling, filling space in a podcast with, with uh, what's really not the most important issue. But, well, but, yeah, it, it's, it's controlled. But I mean, it's, it's not the issue, and you're right, but it does speak to the depth of the, of the problem you're facing. And that, you know, um, you know, things come out and they get, I immediately go to, you know, those uh, smoke-filled rooms you know, those boardrooms that we're not in. And, you know, and I guess what Harry is saying, well, well, I guess we do have to have kind of access. You know, you do have to, how how do you seize power and control? You know, how do you get power and control? You know, and, uh, um, and I guess that's the question. When something like this happens with a guy like Gruden, and then that, that 538 thing comes out about how, black players decrease, there is a connection there. Um, so yeah. I, I guess I see what you know, you're saying with there. Don't get hung up on him. How do you change the institution? But the institution is made up of who? It's made up of individuals. You know, it's made up of human beings who think like this, who feel that you don't belong, to, you don't need to be a head coach. You don't need to be the president of a team. You know, so how do you root that out? I don't know. That, yeah. I, that's where. How do you root that out? Yeah, no, that that's that's the problem, and, and, and not unrelated. Deshaun Watson and um, uh, civil cases against him by uh, I think the total is twenty one, twenty two women yeah. uh, massage therapists that uh, he uh, acted sexually inappropriately to varying degrees. Um, as he engaged in their their professional services, and as a uh, connected with that, he he's had problems with the the Texans ownership and leadership, and went to get out of there anyway. And then this issue um, uh, came upon him, and now we're here pretty hot and heavy. I don't know, may have resolved itself, may resolve by the time this this podcast airs. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, for example, are are strongly pursuing him what what are we to to think in this setting i mean you know and the in the added element to you know put it all out it's another black quarterback um so so there is the race element in there even if it's not overtly stated we could we could talk about problems and some other um and i'm not you don't use the word problems to uh, downgrade any of this but you think of uh the saga of Ben Roethlisberger and the team sticking with him and, and, and that's still there. Um, as far as I know, these are all civil actions, which was also why uh, the commissioner's office hadn't stepped in. It hasn't been elevated to, to the, to that level, but you have any, any thoughts on, on this, the, you know, well, your advice to uh, <laughs> advice to the dolphins. <laughs> Well, what, what happened, I guess I'd ask you, rely on your loyalty skills, because, you know, even before this happened, the Dolphins wanted Jackson. Even before this stuff happened, I mean, not Jackson, but Watson. 
They would, they, they'd love to they, have Jackson. They'd love to have Jackson, too. <laughs> any of them. Give, give me any of them. You know, uh, we'll, we'll trade you Jacoby Brissett, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know, um, what is civil, but at what point you're saying the NFL, he's not on the commissioner's list. So I guess the problem is still this. I know the Dolphins would give uh, Houston anything they wanted for him. They give you three first-round draft picks or whatever. But then once he comes to you, then can he be suspended? Does the NFL then step in and then suspend him? I get what's. I think that's what people are kind of. Confused. Yeah, yeah. What, I think a reason? couple of things. I, I'm, I, I, as far as I know, the NFL is still open to information, investigating, doing all the things that, that they can do. And they can take, you know, basically whatever steps they want to take. And, you know, there'd be, you know, the, the union would step in, all these sorts of things would happen if, if they had enough information. Um, it, it's the, crim, the, the criminal, you know, certainly criminal conviction is, is enough. So, so it's, it's kind of in that, on that continuum. It's, it's not there yet for, for the league to, to take any action. Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, it, it, Again, not to not to uh, uh, compare these directly, but you know the Ray Rice scenario. I mean, with so many of these issues have been, we didn't have enough information at the time. You know, Ray Rice. The first video you recall was was him coming out of the elevator with with uh, his then fiance disheveled, and then and the league they suspended him. For, I don't remember what it was three games, whatever it was. Then. Uh, they all of a sudden got a video inside the elevator. We saw what actually actually occurred. And, and then they moved to more severely act. They were criticized harshly that they needed to see more to, to take stronger action. So I'm wondering if, you know, does the league, in, in this case, there's not a video. There are accusations by, you know, 20, 20 plus women. Is, is that enough to take some action? Or, or if you're, you know, Stephen Ross, is that, is that enough for you not to sign him to your your team, but that, that and and to me when you know when when the Watson first thing came out, the first thing I wrote was isn't it odd? Because remember up to that point he was taking this, you know, he had been left out of the decision making process. Right. He wanted them to interview certain African Americans, and it was a very principled kind of pro black, you know, type of stance that he was taking. I don't even want to play here anymore. And then just coincidentally that, then all of a sudden, all this stuff started, you know, started gushing out, you know, gushing out. Right. And it turns out that the lawyer, all these women had one lawyer and that um, their lawyer said he didn't know the Texans owner. Turns out that they lived in the same area and they did. So at one level, we're talking about the, the, the old, getting back his old boys network. This is what happens when you take on big men smoking in an easy chair. You know, this yeah. old boys network. On the other hand, you got the issue about, well, did you do this? You know, and clearly all signs point to that at the very least, you know, you were kind of on the wrong side of some things, you know. So how do we as journalists deal with that? You know, right. at the same time, we're going to crush Gruden, although there was concrete there's, the evidence was there with Gruden. I mean, he, you know, his name was there. He said it, he did it, and you kill him. Uh, and I guess with with Watson, you know, there's we're kind of uh, of two minds, man. This guy, this is what happens when you take on the power structure 
and they kind of throw down that trump card. And, you know, maybe they knew it. You know, I said, okay, you want to play this kind of game? We'll make sure you never play, you know, kind of thing. So it's of two minds. But then, you know, if, if it was your daughter or your, you know, you know, you know, female friend or something who had been involved in that saying this is what happened. And Deshaun did this, you know, you're like, damn, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's, it's, you know, and I don't, I don't, you know, again, I don't, I'm not uh, uh, making direct comparisons, but, but if you think about it, you know, and they're certainly not talent-wise at the same level. You got Cam Newton available, I, I believe. Did he sign with anybody? Yeah, no, he's still he's still out there. Yeah, Cam's still out there, and, and of course, the cap is still out there. Um, you know, not, neither, neither of them have this sort of issue hanging out there, and nobody will sign in them. I mean, so so it is, you know, but it, maybe the, the moral of the story is is talent trumps everything. Yeah, you well, yeah, here's again a twenty-five year old guy who's like top five quarterback, yeah. and nobody's Stephen Ross. Nobody's asking any of these moral questions. They're like, you know, if he's available, we want him. You know, we want him, yeah. we want him and we'll deal with this other stuff later if it comes know? up. Yeah, if it, if it comes, yeah, if it, if it even gets that far. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, maybe, maybe we. But you know, it's not like they're. Well, no, it's not. It's not like they're on a championship run and they need to bring in. A closer. <laughs> this this is it's a longer term play. I mean, they, they're not you know they well, they've lost five now, five or six, whatever wherever they are. So it's not not like not like uh, uh, they're they're contemplating playing in, in SoFi in February or something like that. No, no, no. They'll go there as on a field trip. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe they can go. Yeah, but, yeah, but but just for the future, I think it's a play for the future. You know, if we get this guy in our back pocket, you know, uh, and we'll take care. Of, and I guess that's maybe that's how billionaires, you know, multi-billionaires think. We'll, you know, every problem has its price. And yeah, we'll, yeah. And we'll, let's get this kid, and then we'll deal, we'll we'll pay the price. And then we'll be in Arizona for next year's Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. Well, and, there, and then there's, a, there's an indebtedness of, of sorts and, you know, whatever – you know, free agency, you know, I'll sign a max deal or whatever. It's not max deal in, in football, but I'll, but I'll sign the uh, whatever that ultimate deal is. The 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 uh, in football, and I'll stay with you. It, it's okay. You you make me your franchise player, and I'll stick around. I'm not exactly. going to out of here. Yeah. Right. So uh, again, Lamar, complete apologies for including you including you in this array. But but to to close out now, see if you got any other final thoughts uh, before we go. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you had some thoughts about what's going on that, down there, and I think you've got a piece coming out on, on this uh, in terms of, let's say, the obligations of, of, of young athletes uh, to their communities. What, what, what's your thinking of Lamar Jackson, who's having a you know, hell of a season? Yeah, great season. And I, and I was thinking, like you, I've spent a lot of time defending Lamar Jackson, and, and uh, both of us have done – the reason why we've done it is because we're familiar with just the hard road to glory of black quarterbacks. And Lamar is just sort of at that end evolution, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, he's, you know, of the Marlon Briscoe type of person and, you know, and, and why he's so important. Then I, I realized that, well, you know, and I had a conversation with the, with the mayor of Baltimore uh, Sunday morning and we were talking about Lamar. And this this mayor is like 36 years old. I think he's the youngest 
the youngest person, black person, the youngest person ever to be mayor of Baltimore in, in a century. And I, you know, he has a very ambitious uh, uh, agenda. How do we uh, stop all this violence that's been haunting our city? How do we, you know, uh, economically begin to level the playing field? All these things, but mostly the violence. And I was asking him, how, you're fortunate you've got the most popular player in the NFL in your city. And how do you use him? And the question is, do we, is it time for Lamar to kind of step up? Because we never really, when all this stuff has happened, we've never really, you know, called him out or called on him. You know, we've been so busy, you know, kind of defending him and saying, you know, you got to see this guy as a great quarterback, not as a halfback who happens to throw, but is it time for Lamar to step up? And then it gets to me, to, and the mayor was very good on it. So, well, you know, all things, you know, uh, he's the kind of guy who you see around the city without bodyguards and all that. And people love him the way he wears his hair. You know, kids see him and say, he looks like us, he talks like us, you know. And I guess I said, well, do we, to, is it our role as journalists and scholars or whatever to say these guys should stand up? You know, they're not politicians, they're entertainers. And if, as entertainer, they decide it's, an, it's optional if you want to, you know, because, look, the mayor is 36, right? Lamar will be 25 in January. By the time he's the mayor's age, by the time he's 36, his career will probably basically be just about over, you know? So the question is, is it fair, is it fair, you know, for us to even raise these kind of questions, you know, uh, you know, I kind of said Lamar is kind of in Lamarsville. He's in his own. He's he's in his own his own world. You know, he's the mayor of his own world. And you know, should we call? You know, is it you know right for us to call him out? On the other hand, does he have a responsibility to remember the Marlon Briscoes, the Warren Moons, uh, the James Harris, and you know, make sure that there's another generation that comes after him? Right. So yeah. you more, or is it both? Is is it is it football related, or are you also thinking he should be called out, uh, a la uh, Michael Jordan with Harvey Gantt kind of kind of stuff? Yeah, off, oh, yeah. Well, well, well. Football. I mean, I think all of us, to me, it's the, the idea started with you know Lamar's got to win a title. He's got to win a champion because because in the field of sport and play, it all begins on winning. You know, I mean, if you don't win. Who cares? You know, if if if, if Muhammad Ali was just like a, a a tomato can, you know, nobody would nobody would care. You know, Smith and Carlos finished sixth and seventh. You know, at the Olympics, nobody would nobody cares. So in our in our field, you got to win to be on that stage. You know, because we really care about winning. And so I said, a Lamar's got to win first, so he can hold up that Lombardi Trophy with, you know, the hair, the chain. And all that, you know, and to, and his way, his unique way of playing the position, you got to do that first. But then, off the field, do we begin de- demanding more of him off the field to use that recognition to, you know, to speak to what, whatever, whether it's the violence, whether it's inequity, whatever, or or, you know, is that do we have to do that anymore, or should we do that anymore? Do yeah, we just yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because he's he's uh, you know Iverson esque in some in some ways of being really kind of uh, 
uh, you know, just a regular day-to-day guy. You know, just, just right. except he's not, again, and lots of stories with, with, with Iverson, he's not getting in trouble. So he's, he didn't have that element. He, and, he, and, he, and he also, in, in some ways, again, I haven't heard him express it, just doing what he wants to do. And, and, and that's, that's not to take the extra steps to uh, be political, not to take the extra steps to be a big lead in terms of we need more African-American quarterbacks. Let, let's celebrate the past and all, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's an interesting young man to watch, especially, as you say, we're holding up that Lombardi trophy. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what he says. I mean, you know, I, I think to uh, not think again, I make all these analogies, but, you know, I, I think when, um, you know, when Tiger won the Masters and he did salute Lee Elder, you know, right. it was, you know, it wasn't a, wasn't a full redemption moment, but it was, okay, that's, that's, that's the right thing to do. Right, good for you, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's like when Dusty, uh, you know, when Dusty was, you know, one, and Dusty's a different breed of guy, you know, Dusty Baker, different breed, but in the clubhouse, amidst all the champagne, and they got, came in and said, Dusty, what do you think? And he paid homage to Hank Aaron, you know, he said, I just want to pay homage to all the people, and my father, Hank Aaron, all that. And, you know, you could tell, you know, the people, okay, great, right. But at least Dusty had that kind of, and who knows? I could see Lamar Jackson being there and probably, we might mention something like that. Who knows? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. You think about Michael Vick, he may mention, uh, you know, he may mention like, you know, his history may go back as far as Michael Vick. <laughs> Michael Vick might be it. <laughs> no, that's that's a great point. Because, you, you know, and it's this goes back to the conversation we had uh, a couple times back about uh, uh, Muhammad Ali. And I think about all the times when they put a microphone in front of him after a fight and the first thing he would say is all praises due to Allah and right. then Elijah Muhammad he would he would go straight to what he wanted to go to first and and then you know after he finished combing his hair he's okay now what do you want to talk about exactly exactly but that's all praise out well even the, the Williams sisters you know at first I think they would say because uh, they're Jehovah's Witness yeah they say thank you Jehovah so you know I mean again I guess my question as we get older uh, is you know, do we still insist? And maybe that's our role as quote unquote elders you know, to break the news to us that we are getting <laughs> elders. You know, <laughs> you know, is it our role to with these young kids, you know, to kind of rain on the parade a little bit? Man, you know, we all stand on other people's shoulders, you know, and you have to at least acknowledge it. And, you know, the some kids, you know, for example, you know, Lamar, I don't think, has gotten the vaccine. You know, I don't think he's gotten the uh, COVID vaccine. And you know, obviously in Baltimore, the mayor is a big COVID. So I asked him about this. Well, maybe for this leadership, maybe he, he'd start that about getting the vaccine. Yeah. You know, and and the mayor, you know, he said, well, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, and he, he even went into Henrietta Lacks, you know, the, you know, about our, you know, he said, I remember growing up in Baltimore, the mayor's from Baltimore. And you know Henry Henry Lacks, the story of the, the, the black woman who uh, had, you know the doctors took tumorous cells from her and without her knowing it, and when they found out that those cells could live in a laboratory, you know they they took the cells without asking her number one, 
And it was such a fascinating thing. They didn't know they could do that. And they distributed all around the world, you know, but they never, they never asked her permission. They basically just, because she was right. poor and all that kind of stuff. And he said, you know, there is this, you know, and then there's a Tuskegee. So there is this suspicion that black folks have the medical community. He said, in fact, he said, when we were growing up in Baltimore, they said, don't stay out. Don't stay out too late because the hospital's going to get you. The hospital's going to snatch you up yeah. and get you, yeah. you know, and that was real, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, you know, so you don't know where this stuff is coming from, but, it's, you know, uh, you know, I don't expect, I don't expect Lamar Jackson, though Henry Lax and read her, you know, read story. But he said, the other thing too, is that you're about to sign this huge deal and you don't want to blow it, you know, by missing, having to say, well, you know, we can't depend on you. You know, you, you already had COVID twice, you know? So, it, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. But I, I guess my question to end on is, are we still, is it still our role to remind these people who become stars in the field of sport and play that you do have an obligation to take a stand? And does that stand have to be publicly or are there things you could do without cameras? I don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's a great place to close out. And I think that, you know, with all this madness we were just talking about going through uh, Gruden and Deshaun and, and Robert Sarver, who, you know, again, is, uh, for, for all, all legal analysts, we don't know what's happening there yet. We just mentioned his name because the allegations uh, uh, have been raised saying they will be announced. Um, but it, you know, it's a great moment to have. You mentioned the elders. Dusty Baker is going to be in the spotlight for, for the next couple of weeks with this World Series. And, and uh, the way that he leads, I've seen him, you've seen him spring training, bring together all the young Black folks telling him the stories. He's big on storytelling. He's, he's big on uh, the way he's raised his son to, to, you know, who wanted to go on the same business and the son gets drafted by the Nationals. So there's a lot that's positive out there. And there's a lot from, from old school to be learned. Um, but there's also, as we saw, some old school problems that, that are still there that we got to find better ways to, to address. And, and maybe it is, you know, maybe Lamar Jackson has a plan or maybe he'll evolve in, into a path of a better deal with it than old heads like yourself did. So. <laughs> old heads like me, like myself. <laughs> Not us. <laughs> All right, Bill. Well, it's, it's been fun again. Uh, who knows what we'll be talking about next time, but, but thanks for taking the time. All right, man. It's always, always great. Stay right. tuned Pretty for good. the next candle. Yep. <laughs> this show is brought to you by Global Sport Matters. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. Global Sport Matters podcast is a production of the Global Sport Institute at Arizona State University. This episode was produced by me, Kendall Jones, manager of events and programs, and big thanks to sound designer and editor, Sam Esparza and Big U Music. Our marketing and communications manager is Crystal Valencia. Our digital communications specialist is Brendan Clean, and our marketing and event assistants are Natalie Skegan, Aiden Corrales, and Kate Nelson. Stay up to date with the Global Sport Matters team by following us on Twitter. We're at Global Sport MTRS. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter by clicking on the envelope icon at globalsportmatters.com. <laughs>